Hey, y'all. I'm Allison Asarch from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids Hunters. This is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite bands from Australia. My two favorite podcasters, Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast. Now, I'm going to go straight to my co-host this week. Welcome, Braggy. Welcome, Rossi. Braggy from Adelaide. Rossi from Sydney. I've got a very simple question for you guys. Have you recovered from being put on the spot last week? It's an impossible, it's an impossible question. It's, it's like, what's your favourite album? But mine's gonna, always going to change. Or what's my favourite song? It's going to change every week. And so, yeah. No, Curly, you can't because, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was coming out of left field. I was not prepared for it. <laughs> we, we had to be working on the fly and it was a little bit hard. But... And uh, and Braggy did admit off camera that he's changed his mind a couple of times since the episode of who he would go yeah. back and see. So, yes. but, uh, yeah, it was cool. Anyway. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm uncovering these bootlegs, Rossi. Oh, so. be, they, do you know the, there's a mob called Arca, which is the Road Crew Collective, and they actually release gig tapes as fundraisers. Oh, truly? Yeah, yeah, as fundraisers because they, they, they do a whole lot of benefit for like a damaged crew, and they're great. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's a great organisation, boy. There's a lot of those guys, but that's a whole other story. But they do, they, they get permission from the record companies who got clearance, yeah. through Apple, all that sort of stuff. They clear the songs and they release live shows. And they oh, release that's, them. On, that's I can, excellent. I can give you a link to them. They've got a lot of them on Spotify, but it's really oh, a fundraiser cool. for ARCA. It's really good. Excellent. Well, maybe that's where we focus our Battle of the Bootlegs moving forward. So well, on approved best stuff. Yeah, best of the absolutely. best of the road crew. So any news from you guys? Um, no, I don't actually have any news this week. Thank God no no. One's, no, no, no artist that from our era has passed away this week. I don't mean to say that lightly, but it's just been a bad start to 23, yeah. so... I know, and we are it getting old. Been. I guess that's that's why it's happening. Well, we I did guess. have uh, they had Lisa Marie's funeral, I believe, which was mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that, that's that was very all, sad. That is a bit sad, really. It must have been a very heavy weight to be carrying to be Elvis's daughter. I think, yeah, yeah. much so. Yeah. And was I right? Did and I see that Axl Rose was played at the at the funeral? Yeah, I played think on, a whole played bunch the of piano. Played. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she she actually lived at Graceland too. She, they, oh, they she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Upstairs, what they okay. like, it's still a, a living residence, and upstairs they don't let you up there. But the museum, she comes down and eats at the dinner table, and the museum staff in the morning before it opens come and reset the room. Oh, oh wow, that's yeah, bizarre. Rossi's and, always got a story. So the he day does. I was there, they told me they said to us that she was actually upstairs. Oh wow, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. So, so you've been there, Rossi. Too. You've been there. Yeah, I have. Yeah, oh, she got buried in the backyard oh. alongside Dad and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rossi's yeah, yeah. closer to rock and roll royalty than we, what we know, isn't he? You've been so. in the jungle room. You went in the jungle the room. Celebrity. Been in the jungle room. Oh. <laughs> across the road, they've got they've got all these museums. There's Elvis Enterprises across the room, <laughs> across the road, and everything the man ever owned is on display. It's incredible. Yeah. The leather suit. My favorite. My favorite spot. They had a TV set with a bullet hole in it. Yes. Uh, what? I've heard about yeah, that, and I loved it. I just yeah. <laughs> it's 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 an experience to behold, and everyone should go to Graceland. I think. Absolutely. Now. Before we introduce that other person that's on screen, I've got a little bit of news from our country music correspondent, Big Stew. Um, once again, just having a bit of a gloat, Braggy, that he picked James, James yeah. Johnson, who it's won like the a... Best New Talent at the Golden Guitar Awards. He's the only so one who knows Stu... what's going on here. Yeah, he is. He's strutting around a bit, I tell you, but <laughs> I don't think he's taking his role real seriously here as the country music correspondent. He's just gloating big time. So, Stewie, I know you're watching or listening. We need an executive summary 
of what delivered to camera somewhere, summarising the big winners yes. out of the Golden Globe Guitar Awards. And I think we Sound- also need we also need like a play on for Stewie as well, you know, like Bonanza or something. Now we go to Stewie. Oh. Now the other thing that happened during the week that I just want to share. And uh, I might have mentioned off camera that we've got a bit of a surprise for one of our um, co-hosts today. But we we get the occasional message coming through our Facebook page. And we had this one come through this week. (laughs) So it was a a wonderful trip to Brisbane, I hear, Rossi. Was that? Uh, I believe we were up up there with Buffalo Revisited, Dave Tice from Buffalo, and we were playing at the zoo in Brisbane. I've got, I've got that, that photo actually has a a brother, a a sister photo of Barman, who is the source of that photo. And I've got a photo of him in exactly the same spot. And those girls said to us, come over here, darling. We're more frightened of you than we are you are of us. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I think it's um, yeah, just wonderful. And um, thank you to the big uh, the Vince. Who oh, Vince Cascuna did yeah. that, did he? I'll thank <laughs> yeah. him later. <laughs> I've got no doubt you will. So that was, uh, and he did say Rossi would have a good laugh about it. So, uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Okay, couple of apologies. Um, Braggy asked last week where the gigs were actually filmed. The Mad Men were at the Dalrymple Hotel and the Splits were playing at the Tentative Club, not the Tic Tac Yeah, so that, that one, that would have been at the Crown Hotel, the old Crown Hotel there on Palmer Street. If anyone listens from Townsville, which there is a few, I know. So Yeah, absolutely. Now, the last thing I just want to do before we get to our guest is every week now I've been putting on a video after we say goodbye with a song and whatnot that's relative to the um, episode that we've done. This week, um, I'm going to give you advance notice. Um, Rail Motor, this band called Rail Motor were in Sydney. and I've, I've met those guys. Yeah, I, I, I've met them too. They're not too bad, are they? So no, good rock and roll band. Good blokes. And they filmed a video for their song called Coal Shoveler, starring Benny Kickfoot. Benny so, Kickfoot. And it was done in a day. Is that the, is that That's the, right. the story, Braggy? It's done in a day on two iPhones. And uh, Bobby Railmotor was so happy he bought, a, he bought a gimbal for his phone to, so it would all film. And we filmed it little bits around Newtown and, and at my brother's place. And uh, yeah, it was heaps of fun. And we got we got Benny because he's the he's the best looking. We thought he'd be better clickbait than the rest of us. <laughs> he's the youngest. So and if he's you're 40. listening to this on an uh, if you're listening to this on an audio platform, go check it out on our YouTube channel and yeah. you see Cole Shoveler um, with Benny Kickfoot, which is a great segue segue to our guest. Because a coal shoveler, Braggy, correct me if I'm wrong, is one who does what they need to do for a learning and for a living, and then they get by in life, right? By whatever it is that they. Uh, they're, they're, the one who, they're the one who keeps the engine going forward, mate, with their hard That's work. That's it. That's it. And and I've got my good mate on today, Simon Fallon. He's a great example of a coal shoveler. He started life, he studied law, he went into. Border Patrol or Control, Airport Security, and then he's moved somehow from that role where he'd be sussing out people like Rossi into <laughs> le- into leadership development. I- I'd call him a corporate survivor and a networking king. Oh, so please welcome yeah. Simon Fallon. How are Simon. you, Simon? Hi, guys. Great, Tony. Thanks so much for that introduction. And you, you just... um. Triggered me there for a, a memory that I know I've told you about in the last week or so, back in the old um, customs days when uh, <laughs> we were sort of standing at the back of the hall, sort of viewing, you know, all these people for random selection. Um, and we were basically <laughs> fighting each other for this one I particular one particular passenger that we all spotted and we thought, we've got to have him. He's mine. I want him. I want him. Because he just looked the deal. And um, one of us eventually sort of went over and had a chat to him uh, and then came back and sort of was shaking her head on the way back, saying, you know, it's all off, forget it, forget it, forget it. Turned out it was actually Lou Reed. Oh! <laughs> so um, there, there was a reason, oh, reason why 
he was a reason why he looked how he did coming off a flight and uh, the life that he had led at that point uh, in time. So, uh, some wow. interesting times back in those days. Simon, you oh, must be able you must be able thing. to read them really well. Eh? You must be able to go, yeah, that's a muso. That's a muso. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot over that. Yeah, Just... they, they certainly had a, an aura about them, I suppose. <laughs> I wonder if you had a caustic tongue. Oh, oh I, nice. I, I, I see what you did there. That's yeah. Lou yeah, can I... be very Lou's very acerbic. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, I remember the guy that spoke to him, and that's why he sort of came back pretty quickly. I think he got uh, he got put in his place really quickly and had his questions answered. Put it that way, um, and so he sort of turned on his heel pretty quickly. And uh, there was uh, no no further action, no further action. <laughs> so so Simon, I'm looking at the background, and you've got a just a couple of guitars there. So talk us through a little bit before we get into your five songs about. Music and you, what does it mean to you? That's a really, it's a good question, Tony, because it, it's pretty multifaceted in the um, in the answer for that for me. It's it's always been a staple in my life, but not necessarily to the extent that it has for certainly some of the guys that are on screen here at the moment, but it's always been there for me. I, I started playing guitar when I was really young, um, still still learning, always learning, um, always reaching for different things. We'll drift in and out of it. Um, every now and then, um, but I'm in an in mode at the moment. Uh, I class myself probably more as an avid collector than an avid player, um, but that's always good. I do that with a lot of hobbies, but music itself has always played a big, big role. Um, and that the, the genres have changed over the years that, that piqued my, my interest. The emotional connection with it um, has sort of altered over the years as well. And uh, I've got some really broad, you know, eclectic taste when it comes to it. Everything from sort of movie soundtracks and scores through to sort of the, the, you know, the latest, you know, dance or hip-hop or whatever's going on um, that the, the young folk are listening to. Um, so I can sort of see the value in all of it. But f- to me, there is a common thread through the whole thing, and that's probably what this, the whole, you know, theme of today's show is about, you know, what is that emotional connection that it brings to you um and that's something that the beauty of that is that I, I feel it's different for everybody and at different times of your life there's that different emotional connection and um it's to me it's a bit like a lot of you know psychological triggers that you have in your life you know you might walk in the, into a, a new room and you'll, you'll smell something that puts you back in a place you know 10 15 20 years in the past and, and an experience um sometimes hearing a a forgotten classic on the radio or, or something that meant a lot to you in your youth um uh takes you right mm. back to that spot so to me it's it's um music can be so cathartic in that sort of way um and it's always like a good friend to have you know at your side mm. Good way to put it. Good way to yeah. put it. What were your thoughts when I first said, do you want to do a five songs of meaning? Um, I literally blew up inside uh, because I uh, was trying to think, oh, my God, what <laughs> what songs actually, how do I, number one, bring it down to five? <laughs> and then what does that mean, five songs of meaning? Is it an emotional connection? Is it a, uh, a reminder of a, of a really good time in your life? Um, and I sort of probably overthought it a bit too much. And I ended up with about 35 songs that I suddenly sort of threw down onto a piece of paper and then thought, okay, well, these ones really stick out. And some of them suck out for some very personal emotional reasons and some that are connected to the family. And I know Tony and I have discussed this in the, in, in the past. But um, so I sort of brought it down to what are the ones that have dictated some of the milestones in my life um, and it was still hard to cut that list down because when you sit back and think about it in a very conscious fashion, you realize, my goodness, there are a lot of things there. Um, there are a lot of, like even listening to you guys talk in the, in the, the intro to, to talking to me now, um, the history and the experiences and the, the sounds that you've heard over your time, um, it's, you could write encyclopedias um, about it. And each one of them, I'm sure, has that real you know, there was something connected about that to you. There's something that made your life different, either better or worse, <laughs> in a way, around about that time. And, and that music is sort of the the score to that. Um, yeah. you know, I mm. suppose the cliche is that, you know, we all have a, have a soundtrack running in our lives as we go about our daily business. Um, and uh, yours is just a little more obvious than that because you're a bit more conscious and, and um, 
mindful of it, I suppose, than others. So for me, mm. coming up with these was a was a tricky little exercise, but very fruitful at the end and very productive. And I'm pleased I, I had the opportunity to do it. So thanks, Tony, and thanks, gents. Yeah, no it's interesting, and I just can't wait to to talk to you about these five because I think we've had it, we've done it three times now, Curly, haven't we? And yeah, each per, yep. each person has ta- has got, had a different take on what that on what the title means. So it's really good, and I don't think just because you know we we've played music you know all our lives, it's any different to you or to Curly. It's it music means the same to everyone, whether you're a muso or mm. not. You know, it, it affects yeah, you. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm I'm just a punter, but Simon can play. If I had guitars in the background, it'd be for show only. Yeah, I'm looking at those. I'm, I'm seeing a Gibson three three five, possibly. Then there's a Strat after that. And then <laughs> so I was pulling and... a Strat and a couple of Dreadnoughts there too. Yeah, maybe a Tandy. Yeah, there's a. It's like actually that. it's an yeah. epic. It's an Epiphone, Les Paul. It's the um the the new Slash okay. sort of series of, of the Epiphone Les Paul, okay. which is it's pretty cool. But um, the one behind that, um, it's a it's a Mexican Strat, but it's actually a, a um a Fender and Roland um, Strat. It's the one that talks directly via the thirteen pin plug to the um GR fifty five guitar synthesizer pedal. So um. Okay. As far as strats are concerned, it's probably not the best strat, but in terms of the, the MIDI controller and, and the the soundscape capabilities of the thing, it, it's quite awesome. Um, I love a good toy, and it's a great toy. Well, oh, I'm a toy person. Well, there's oh, some, I'm a toy person. There's, so, there's someone, someone in one of the bands that I think uh, one of the songs we're going to play tonight who was a pioneer used that, used uh, maybe not the mm. Fender, but... You know mm. who I'm talking about, Rossi? Yeah. I, yeah, I do. And I've also worked with a couple of people who have been involved in development and stuff like that for Roland. Yeah, and okay. Man, like, but it's, it's, still, it's still a work in progress. We've never really nailed it yet. No. Yep. It's, getting, it's getting closer, but it's good mm. fun. I like MIDI. Yeah. MIDI good. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Have a, have a Simon, MIDI Christmas. I'm going <clears> to... <throat> <laughs> I'm going to pass it over to you. I've got the songs lined up. We'll be able to play little bits of them. Um, mm-hmm. For the people listening on audio, you'll get to hear all of them. On the people watching on video, you won't hear one. I'm sorry. There's a copyright block on one, so but we'll deal with that. So, Simon, I'm going to hand it over to you. You run it whichever way you want to run. Which is the first song you want to talk about? <laughs> um, look, I suppose chronologically is the best way to sort of deal with these ones. And um, the first one I'm going to talk about is um, the Beatles paperback writer. Um, what this means to me, it represents a time when um, we're going back to about 78, 79, uh, when myself and my family uh, were... Um, enjoying our yearly pilgrimage to the Gold Coast around Christmas time after, you know, in school holidays, um, a, a three to four week block that we had booked every year at the same sort of apartment down on the Gold Coast um, every year. And it became a real um, mecca for my elder brother and my sort of mates to come and, and congregate at our unit for some reason. I think it was fairly centrally located and um, my mum just used to punch out toasted sandwiches by the millions um, to feed the, the hungry <laughs> mass of these, these lads turning up and, you know, having a, a morning surfing and then coming out and um, they'd have their, their boom boxes and their, um, you know, tape players and what have you, their mixtapes and all that sort of stuff. And they had actually finally discovered the Beatles. Um, and one song in particular that I remember at the time was Paperback Writer, and that was that that riff um, that is, you know, so simple yet, I don't know, it just generates a, a feel. Um, and to me, that was sort of the epitome of, of what the Beatles were doing, you know, at that time when they wrote and re- released that song. But that to me really meant something because it, it triggered the memories of those carefree halcyon days, um, mm. you know, the, the Gold Coast um back in the good old days in the late 70s, early 80s, and the camaraderie with that well, group of people. Well, let's get a feel for it now, and unfortunately for YouTube, you will see a copyright block video in its place. Unfortunately, the Beatles have earned far too much money, and they don't want anyone else to share their music, and that's okay. They own the copyright. I'm not complaining. But here it is, uh, the Beatles paperback.
Yeah, that's that's the Beatles um, doing their uh, best, the, uh, trying to match their across the Atlantic uh, uh, foes, the Beach Boys, do, doing those high harmonies with the falsettos. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what that is. Uh, just as Ringo kicks in, that drumming is spectacular. Yeah. And, it reminds me of the that sixties cartoon cartoon Beatles cartoon series. It was yeah. great. And McCartney coming yeah, in on the Paul bass really the high. Yeah. McCartney played the guitar. Oh, did he that, on that one? That Riss mm. McCartney. Yeah. Is it? And, oh. and it there was a go. challenge because he had an aunt who said, why do you only write songs <clears throat> about being in love? And he said, okay, challenge accepted. So he wrote that, wrote that. There you go. Wow. Awesome. So it's the riff, Simon. Was that the, the thing? Yeah, that really that's it. And you? I was just listening there too, the, um, uh, the rhythm guitar in the background. It was... Is that a, do you reckon that's a remastered version of that particular track? Because it sounds yeah, like, I don't know, there's a, almost like a flanger in the background um, on the rhythm. They're sort of drifting in and out. The wah, wah, wah. So, oh, man, they've had so much work done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've had more work done on their back catalogue than anyone you've ever yeah. I think Giles Martin went and did a whole lot of it too, you know. It's great. Mm. Well, that's a good... Um, Place start. That's a great start. Hey, they were a good band. Out. They were a good nah, rock band, you know. You know, everyone, everyone yeah, always oh, goes yeah. about, it, but they they were a good, solid, tight rock band, man. Yeah. And Ringo yep. just sitting there with they couldn't afford to give him a drum kit for the clip. How, <laughs> how cool's Ringo? Seriously, oh, he's yeah, still he's... cool. He's still cool. <laughs> he is. I follow him on Facebook. He's just all peace and love, brothers. Yeah. He's playing, and he's awesome. I follow. He's playing with all these amazing musos at the moment, Steve Lukather and friggin' Greg Bissonette. Uh, on, yeah. on Instagram, he posts photos of his feet. It's really not right. <laughs> I follow him. I follow yeah. him on Instagram. Him and, and Yoko. Yeah. Yoko's good too. She's always just like... There's probably a very specific niche about people <laughs> with fetishes around the Beatles' feet. Yeah. <laughs> Rossi, yeah. Rossi, you've oh, probably got your name on a list somewhere. Yoko. I'm sure I have. Yoko You're on a watch list. Right in clouds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guaranteed. So what's next, Simon? Um, round about a similar sort of time, and uh, I think we might go to um, Heart Crazy on You. Um, okay. This period of time, I was actually blown away by Heart at that time. I was completely enamoured with them for a whole lot of different reasons, one of which was the music. Um, but the other reasons were because the, <laughs> the, the looks and the sound of the uh, the Wilson oh, sisters. Yeah. Um, and particularly yeah. in Crazy On You, I was just amazed by and loved the, the acoustic intro from Nancy Wilson. Um, and then blending into the electric takeover of that and then Anne coming in with the vocals and the build-up. And um, to me, it was just a really complete song. And certainly from a guitarist viewpoint, um, that uh, the way Nancy Wilson made that acoustic just absolutely scream and um, used every sort of aspect of, of that, that, that guitar um, before it sort of blended then into the electric side. So, yeah, awesome sound, awesome band. Um, and uh, really loved them at the time and still do.
yeah. I can see why you like the guitars. Yeah, it's, uh, mm. that was actually a short intro version. It looked like it was done on TV, that one, that clip. And, um, yeah. Because the, yeah. the original, people must be thinking I'm an idiot talking about this great acoustic intro um, because that particular version there <laughs> was probably missed out on the first minute and a half or so of the, the proper intro that she does using harmonics and all kinds of things on the acoustic. Um, so I'll make sure we've got the we're right. Just blame, we're just blame Curly, yeah. Simon. So, so, that's yeah. what Ross and I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure the right version's on the on the, video. <laughs> on the edit. What what I do know about that is that was actually the intro, the acoustic intro was a separate song originally called Silver Silver Wheels. Right. Oh, yep. Wow. Yeah. No, and, it's like and a funeral together. Right. That's like a funeral for a yeah. friend. Love lies bleeding thing. That's right. And, and day in the life. The, mm. the Wilson sisters yeah. weren't original founding members of Heart. Mm. They joined oh. and the band blew up. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But she's always well, good with the story. Well, now, good. I've got to admit, I, I, when Simon gave me the list, I'm thinking, do I know that song? Because <laughs> yeah, 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 it didn't register. Did. Yeah. And when you hear it, yeah, of course. I, I knew the song. It yeah. just wasn't part of my faves or, or that mm. sort of thing. So mm. it's a very familiar song. Where would that have charted at the time? I don't know, but how Rossi's adventurous? Gonna... How adventurous were people? It's songwriting in those days. It's yeah, so not a conventional pop song. Good point. And and that and and therefore how 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 adventurous were the guys with the money going? Yeah, just yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah, we'll publish that. Do... We don't, we don't care. The, it's not, it's not the, a pop song. It was a hit. It was a hit in the Netherlands and Belgium. Charted right. to seventy in Australia and. America about 35. All right. Okay. Because interesting you say that, Braggy, because as I was listening to it then, you're hearing different layers almost coming in at slightly different times. Yeah. Mm. And you're going, yeah, okay, this is quite compelling, that song. Mm. For those yeah. girls, man, that vocal. That vocal. Oh, oh yep. she could sing, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did some stuff with um, a woman called Gretchen Wilson for Led Zeppelin, if you can look that up on YouTube. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like modern day, Anne and Nancy were killer. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So it was predominantly the guitar, Simon. That it was, yeah. It was the, the intro from, from Nancy Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it. Oh, all right. What's next? Fix it in post. <laughs> um, That's next it. was a similar sort of period, and this was um, – after school, I went to um, teachers' college for a while and some of the um, the events and, um, you know, sort of dance nights that were were held, that sounds like, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, very comfortable dance night. Um, but, you know, some of the, the drunken <laughs> disco sort of things that were occurring at the time um, brought me to a song called So Lonely by the Police. Um, and that was... Yeah. The the court when the chorus starts, it's almost like a completely different song, um, which the police were so good at doing that sort of stuff. And just ironic, um, Sting was on one of the um, talk shows uh, during the week, um, and they were asking him about his the way that he writes songs. And um, he was talking about um, I think it might have been "Message in the Bottle" or something along those lines. But um, uh, he was so lucid in even though he wrote it in the early eighties, he was so lucid about how it came about and what was going on in his mind at the time. Um, I don't know about So Lonely. I don't know where it could have came from, but to me it was that that stretch into the chorus and then, it, as I said, it almost became, for me, like a different song. And it, the reason it's on my list here is because it does represent a, a, um, a coming-of-age time for me, I suppose, um, going to an all-boys school and suddenly being in my first year at, um, at sort of uni, realising that, oh, my God, this is different. Um, let's just go crazy. Mm. Um, and luckily, I wasn't so, so lonely. Um, always had somebody who'd come out and uh, <laughs> the whole floor would just go berserk when this came on. So, no, can I, oh, but before we go to the yeah. song, can I just share a story that Simon shared with me today? Since oh doing this, all of a sudden he's been like popping up, Sting's been popping up everywhere in his music feed, Facebook feed. So, 
you know, we, we're talking about AI and bots, and, and the bots are following Simon around because he's yeah. changed looking up the police so lonely. Can I say something? You <laughs> like this song too? Simon I, 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 actually, I love this song. It's one of my favourite police songs. I'm a yeah. massive police fan. Yeah, I haven't finished. I haven't oh, finished this story. Sorry, butted in. You know, when you get old, you just rem- <laughs> if I, I don't mean to butt in, it's just that I get old and I finally remember something, and so I, forget. I, I come yeah. in. <laughs> Yeah. So, 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 so then he turns to me and he says, "My ex-wife and I are convinced we killed David Bowie." You're right, because they were talking. They were talking the night before and said, "Geez, we haven't heard from David Bowie from a while, for a while." And then the next day, the news came down that he passed. I thought wow. that was pretty humorous. That is. David so Bowie. Try not to talk about. Try not to talk about too many people Sorry. these days because they just. <laughs> so, Braggy, you had something to say. So, sorry, I just want to say how much I love this song. And I think I just want to point out something, if you listen for, is that the reason it's it jumps so much, I think, Simon, when he gets to the chorus, is that if you listen at the start, the snare is in halftime. He's not hitting it on the on the one and the three or the two and the four, wherever it is. It, but when the chorus yep. comes in, he brings the snare in more and that gives the song a lift. And it's just freaking genius. And if we play it all, you'll even hear it more in the lead break. Feeling it. New wave punk pop, I reckon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very yeah. cool. But you, you're looking there, at, for my, my take on it, at least anyway, is that you've got three guys that are really experimental in what they're doing and very innovative, um, like Stuart Copeland's drums, as you were just talking about there, Braggy. Um, wow. And, you know, Andy Summers with that almost discordant yeah. lead solo. When he starts it, you think, oh my goodness, where is this going? 
um, and Sting with his vocals. You know, so there are three really accomplished, yeah. um, experimental, um, talented mm. guys all together. Um, yes. Curiously, I don't know whether you've ever but, seen or read but, um, Sting's autobiography um, called Broken Music. Um, gosh, that's a good read. Really interesting um, and well mm. worth chasing down. The thing I, I love I about it is still got that little sweetness of, of pop about it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know these other two. Yeah, pop, I know Curly and, and Rossi really <laughs> like the hard ass, fucking, you know, go and get fucked. <laughs> Yeah. sort of stuff. And I like that too. I get it completely, but I'm just a sucker for that yeah. little bit of sugar on the top, that little uh, ear candy. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You can't knock a bit of power pop either, can I? Yeah, you cannot be power pop on <laughs> yeah, no. I did not know that Andy Summers was eight years older than Sting. Oh. Yeah, he's old That's jazz music. That's much older than I thought he was. And, man, wasn't Sting the coolest looking guy in the world in that clip? Like, Absolutely. He looked like if he wasn't going to blow up, then when was he going to blow up? That's yeah. a cool-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> he still is, too, the bugger. wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. Some people me. take their people, age well, don't they? So. Stewie is just such a good drummer. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rate him. I mean, if you go for rock drummers, everyone always says Bonham, but, I, yeah. man, he's, he's not far behind for me. Yeah. Man, he's he's awesome. got more skills. Man, yeah. skills. Yeah. But the more spacious sound too. Yeah, so, only three yeah. piece. Yeah, three piece. Yeah. But you watch him play; he seems to have all the time in the world to do what he's doing on the drums, and he still sounds busy. Oh. Looks like he's doing it easy. You know? Yeah. Bad guys like that. He's definitely it. got a another <laughs> film clip. Yeah. Another film clip where they couldn't afford the drum kit, so he's just. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder drum. drummers have got complexes. <laughs> All righty, Simon, what's next? Uh, Curly, you sort of mentioned there that power pop and nobody does power pop better than Meatloaf in his day. And I know this is probably a real, you know, it's an easy one to hang on, but um, bad out of hell. Um, what? And you know, I was lucky enough to see Meatloaf in concert when he was, you know, prior to any sort of NRL game um, performances. Uh, and he was actually pretty, it was in Festival Hall. I was there that night. <laughs> Um, but... I was at the Warriors Grand Final against the Roosters that night. It was it was awful. So was I, yeah. Rossi. So why oh, didn't we God. meet and have a beer? I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, that was really was... idle that night. Wasn't yeah. I was cheering for the Warriors, by the way. No, he did the <laughs> AFL. He Meatloaf yeah, did, he did the AFL Grand Final. Uh, and that's why you need a good fallback engineer. It was terrible. <laughs> I can't do that. He's a, he's a great singer. He is yeah. a great, great yeah. singer. Yeah. He must have had bad monitors yeah. he is a great singer. Oh, he was mm. just old. All right. Back well, to Simon. Probably, probably... Sorry. No, all good, guys. All good. No, it's, it's awesome. Keep running with it. Um, it was probably early to mid-'80s at, at Festival Hall in Brisbane. Um, and, yeah, he was in his, you know, enormous sweaty best. But um, to me, Bad Out of Hell and that whole album um, was, you know, it brought him to the masses, I suppose. And, yes, it was, yeah. it was you know, a big mass thing. And, and for me, though, personally, it was so anthemic, this Bad Out of Hell. It was, you know, my first sort of, I suppose, foray into really, you know, a, a story being told in a song from start to finish, you know, and it predated, mm. you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and that sort of stuff, which was similar, I suppose, in that yes. anthemic sort of style. But the big clicker for me, or the kicker, I should say, um, the clicker as well, um, was Todd Rundgren's guitar um, on this and, and the, yeah. the, the motorcycle guitar. Oh, my God, what on earth was that? <laughs> to get that sound out of a guitar... Todd, man. Um, ...was just phenomenal. And, um, you know, the the... The, the Jim Steinman and Meatloaf collaboration with all the, the writing and the the um, the music, but Rundgren's guitar on that just sealed it for me. Um, I must have played that a million times, um, listening to it, not and <laughs> tried to mimic it, of course, but didn't have the toys. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's what what really made it for me. All right. So let's. Uh, I, hopefully, I've teed it up around the time of the crash in the song for those. Yep. That know the song. We're not going to play the full eight minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn. Oh, oh let me do Telegraph Road. Uh, let's see. Like a sinner, 
<laughs> Once again, though, like, you know, the A&R guys, Rossi, go, I've got this guy, he's overweight, and he's got eight-minute songs. Yeah, fuck, let's sign him up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what no, happened now? They really had, <laughs> no, they really had trouble getting that song, that album over the line. Todd funded oh. a lot of it. Yeah, oh, wow. Wow. Todd, well, yeah Todd's a genius, man. It's a work of art. My five songs, XTC and Todd Rundgren. The, Todd Rundgren, man, he's a genius. Yeah, most of the E Street band played a bit on that, too. Oh, okay. today. Cool. It was kind of like and, and, and Ray Batan and Max Weinberg, and it was a bit of a um, Todd Rundgren's take on the E Street Band, Born to Run, Springsteen. Style. Yeah, well, wow. I say Bruce had a lot of those big songs that 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 you know div, you know went yeah. here and went there and modulated and, and told came stories. back, slowed down, told stories. Yeah, yeah, it's a work of art. Yeah. Though, that's that whole Phil's, album. Yeah, that's, Phil's, that's that's Phil Spector. Looms mm. large over that, yeah, you know, like yeah. The murder, murder songs. I mm. still um get goosebumps <laughs> and shivers down the spine listening to that at times. So there's yeah. certain parts of that song that just, mm. yeah, make and me want to go out and run against walls. The clip that was just then that you had it spilled up there, Tony. Mm. Um, I think it was actually just before that was the real. It was the rev up and the lead up to the crash. In the song, mm. that's when the real revving comes through from that that guitar sound. So, yeah. so that's Simon you saying, it up Tony, again, make sure you put yeah, make sure <laughs> you put the right clip on." All right, <laughs> and, and, and I can I can report that my sources tell me 
from because he spent a lot of time in Australia doing shows. That he was a delightful man to work with too. Ah, okay. and let's I, not I, sources. Also, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, mm. he also he what? starred as Travis W. Redfish in the film Roadie. Oh, he's the world's greatest roadie in a movie. Anyone who's a roadie's got to be good. Yes. They, can't trump Rossi. He's they got are. one over every time. They are. <laughs> what was his real name again? Um, Marvin Lee a day. Yeah. Oh, bam. There we go. Yeah, but Travis W. Redfish, yeah. the world's greatest roadie. <laughs> so it was just Todd's work on that, Simon? Yeah, it was that, that the, lead the up guitar to work. it. Um, like Rossi's nodding away crazily there. He knows exactly the bit yeah. that I'm talking about, the, the revving of the guitar, and then it, yeah. it goes to that screaming in and then the crash. Yeah. So so the bit I missed tonight, which I won't yes. miss for the viewers. Yeah. yeah, okay. And, of course, it's Tim Simon's <laughs> great songwriting as well. Yeah. Uh, he, like, he is, like, I know Bad Out of Hell is held up as one of those masterpieces, but his solo album, Bad yep. for Good, is just as good in my eyes. So Jim Steinman, his vocals aren't as good, but no, the not. songwriting is. That record's still selling. Bad Out of Hell's still selling hundreds of thousands of units a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's mm. still going and going and going. I got mm. a copy. Excellent. That, every house yep. had that and a copy of Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. yeah. And rumours. Yeah. Mm. Rumours, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain songs on that album that remind me of that specific place in my my life as well. So if ever we get around to me doing my five song, uh, five <laughs> songs, one of them might be on there. So, so last song, Simon. Let's this talk is, about um, this one. Yeah, those the the previous four were sort of from early life of Simon. Um, this last one is of very recent times in the last couple of years, and. Um, it's probably a little, well, it's a lot more emotional, the connection with this one. Um, it's Nick Cave's Into My Arms. And I must admit, I'm, I'm a bit late to the party for Nick Cave. I've, you know, sort of heard bits and pieces over the years, but I've never really explored the man and, and the music and the um, the poetry, the artistry that, um, that Nick brings to it. And I've been really moved by things that I've listened to and read over the years um, about Mr. Cave. Uh, and um, I first, I, I sort of hate to admit it, but I first picked up this particular song in a movie called About Time, um, which is a English sort of rom-commy sort of thing, but it's got a really, um, a, a very heartfelt layer through it. And it's about making the best use of our time while we have it. Um, I don't want to put out too many spoilers, but it's a, it's a good film and this is used at a particular point in that movie. And there is some, a particular line or a couple of particular lines in the, the lyrics, uh, second, first verse and some in the second verse that I actually used in my dad's eulogy. Um, and when you hear the, the first verse, it's the piece about um, leave you as you are, don't change a thing, um, you know, basically saying that you're, you're perfect as you are and, and don't need anything more sort of done. And also in the second verse, it talks about that, you know, whatever the ultimate being may be above us all, that tragedy and loss. Into my arms, oh 
into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms. And I don't believe in the existence of angels. Looking at you, I wonder if that's true. But if I did, I would summon them together. And ask them to watch over you. To each burn a candle for you To make bright and clear your path And to walk like Christ in grace and love And guide you into my arms Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord to my arms But I believe in love And I know that you do too And I believe some kind of pain Though we can walk down me and you So keep your candles burning Make a journey bright and pure That you'll keep returning Always and evermore Into my arms Oh Lord, into my arms Oh Lord, into my arms Oh Lord, into my arms Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. That, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a couple of Nick Cave songs, and and to me, he's one of the few people in the world where yeah, it's very subtle but very powerful, isn't it? Stops everything going on around me, mm. and you just dial in, and you know something like that is just powerfully strong, and that video clip is just so emotionally. There's so many emotions going through, mm. but everything around me has just stopped and I'm just still in the moment tuned in and it's mm. a piano and a vocal. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the power with those lyrics as well. It's just, you know what I, I want, just uh, to sum up for me, uh, Simon, what I really mm. loved about these five picks is that you started with the Beatles. You've You've kind of gone through every... Uh, emotion plus also every facet of of music as we know so you started you're on the Gold Coast and it's it's just fun it's just you get the the joy of listening to that that song you know and then and then we go into and then you've got you fall in love with rock stars as well like with heart you've done that and then the movement of the police and the (laughs) fuck yeah the theater the theater of of, uh, meatloaf And now you focus in on the lyrics and how much the words can can change your your mood and and mean things to you. It's just mm. yeah, it's, I just yeah, you covered everything. It's great. Yeah, I'd agree. It's a, it's that it's that, yeah. that that journey through someone's life that that you just grab certain things like or a wallpaper behind you. You know, like and and everyone has a different experience out of the same song too. Thanks, Greg. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm. Nick Cave, the first time I saw him, he was like in the birthday party and he was the Dark Lord of Rock and they were the most terrifying rock band you will ever see. 
Oh, and and yeah. now he's just in, he, mm. he went away and he went overseas and he came back and then I remember seeing him come back and he's just an entirely different man. He got clean, of course, mm. which is what happens. But he but he became <laughs> an absolutely like consummate performer. You, know, you go and see him yeah. perform. Mm. Uh, like a lot of people I know are very he's very divisive. But like I still go, jeez, mm. man, if you've been through that and you've come through and you can deliver that sort of art. Yeah, yeah, it's coming from a, it's, it's it's coming from the heart. Magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never saw Birthday Party, and Oof. it's one of the mm. main reasons I never saw Birthday Party was I was scared shitless about going to go see them. It was just, oh. it was terrifying. It, they were loud. Oh, they were loud. I've, yeah, I've got a birthday and party confronting. Album someone gave me. I I can't listen to it. Oh, I can. Yeah. Oh, I love the chaos of it. I love the chaos. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but but it's hard to think he's the same guy. You know, like. Yeah, it is. That's the that's the conundrum that we face. Mm. That's Nick Cave. Yeah. There's there's oh. photos of Nick Cave at the front of Radio Burban shows. Just saying. Okay, oh, is that part of the funhouse in, or chaos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only race. reason I keep the record is because it's worth lots of money. Oh yeah, it is. It really, really is. <laughs> but it's a beautiful piece. Hmm. But... Okay. Uh, oh, with yeah. Richard Feynman. He, um, he talks a lot about the tragedy and, and, you know, what sort of inspired him, you know, lately. Oh, yeah. the troubles. Mm. It's a heartbreak. It's a heartbreaking story. Yep. Mm. Can't imagine that sadness, mm. can you? No. 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 All right, Simon, how did you feel going through your five songs? Um, I, felt, um, I felt touched. I felt violated. I felt like I needed a chat. No, seriously, I... Um, <laughs> It, it was a it was a really good exercise, and it one it, it was one that um, took me down a couple of paths, and I'm really pleased with sort of the the final five that I came up with. There are a lot more. There are other chapters in my life that um, you know I, I haven't touched mm. on in this sort of fairly public sort of avenue, but um, some songs that are really powerful to me and will you know literally bring me to my knees. But um, I felt um, and that was great of um, Raggy to recognize the fact that it did take through several areas and and i wasn't sort of aware of that while i was thinking of them but um i suppose that's what my musical journey has been um it's been across a lot of different areas and even though they're probably a little bit more poppy i do have a lot of others that that um uh, intrigue me just as much but those ones i thought were you know safe for public broadcast um and um didn't sort of um (laughs) uncover me in in too raw a fashion um, because Tony knows I've, I can be, I'm an emotional guy and I've got a lot of feelings going on there, but um, I think I've managed to maintain a little bit of, you know, uh, decorum <laughs> through this. And, and in, in essence, that's what, that's what, that's what music is though. It, it, it's sound waves that, that go in your ear and affect the, the, the liquid in your mm. brain and brings out emotions. I mean, it's the science behind yeah. it. So it doesn't matter what genre yep. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think no, thank you for the opportunity. It's been awesome. Very, very, very diverse range. So I'm just going to wind up here. So as we always do, all of Simon's songs will be featured or added to the playlist of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast on Spotify. Um, On top of that, of course, if you're listening to this on an audio platform, we're also on YouTube. Just uh, do a search for Unfiltered Undiscovered. Check us out on our Facebook page. We're on TikTok. And, of course, we have a website, unfilteredandundiscovered.coms. And, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure once again having you all on the screen, all four of you on the screen. It's been amazing. And in the words of the amazing Nick Cave and Mick Harvey, release the bats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, it gets better every week, Curly. <laughs> See you all again next week. And don't don't tune out yet because you've got Cole Shoveler from Rail Motor. See you next week. Bye. Mechanism in the fridge. I got a picture of you on the back door.
Search from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids Hunters. This is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite bands from Australia. My two favorite podcasters, Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered and Undiscovered Podcast. Podcast. 